You are now listening to the Life in Football podcast. Check out the new website, lifeinfootball.com. Once again, the website is lifeinfootball.com. Thanks for listening. This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football. This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football. It's life in football. We are life in football. Welcome to the Life in Football podcast, baby. I'm your host, Mike Feig. And this your coach, Colin Moore. You know, we loving life and enjoying football. Top-notch coaches all around the world. Top, top-notch coaches all around the world. Today, we got a coach on from the University of Marshall, the Herd, baby. And he represents for the M time, putting it down. He goes by the name of Dominique Bowman. And he's a coach with experience, and he was a ball player. And he done did it at all levels, y'all. He done did it at the D1 level. He also was a coach at UT Mars, Austin P, and Arkansas Monticello. But I love it because any coach with playing experience and a coach that's determined to also show his players how to do it and on a, a big-time level at what they're playing at right now, is all you can ask for, man. The University of Marshall, hey, they got a top-notch program out there. We already know that. That's thundering herd, baby. We already know what they about. That's the home of Randy Moss. But without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into the story of Coach Dominique Bowman. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing good, man. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited. Hey, it's a blessing to have you on. You know, I got to get right into it with you, Coach. Man, how you and Coach – Lock met up, man, because y'all seen he he had he hit hit me back and was like, y'all got to get my boy on. So I'm like, all right, let's get him. And it it make it seem like you and him just as close as me and Mike. So you got to give me the story on that. Yeah, so Collard is my brother, man. We uh we met back in Memphis coaching high school football. He was the offensive coordinator at Cordova High School, and uh, I was the defensive coordinator at Cordova High School. So um. We, we just met back then in high school, and we built a relationship. And uh, that's my brother, man. We're we closest, thickest thieves, you know. That's my guy. So good ball coach, good dude. Uh, he's helped me out along the way big time. So, Coach, is that basically when you knew you had a coaching itch back once you got out of school, or you knew it from when you was a little boy? Well, no. Um, obviously, I played at a school called Lambeth University in, in Jackson, Tennessee, and I had the opportunity to play for uh, Indiana's head coach. Tom Allen was my defensive coordinator, and Hugh Freeze was the head coach. Um, and so, obviously, once uh, I got out of college and I saw how Coach Allen and Coach Freeze touched my life, a uh, young kid from Memphis, Tennessee, inner city Memphis, Hugh Freeze and Tom Allen baptized me in 08. And I knew then I'm like, man, you know, I, I want to try to find a way to to give back. So obviously, as a as a player, you want to try to play at the next level. You want to try to, you know, um, go as high as you can. So initially, I didn't think about that, but I went back home to Memphis and I started to work a real job. You know, uh, 
And there's nothing wrong with that, but it wasn't for me. And uh, so I went to Cordova High School, and I was just the DB coach, you know. And Anthony Jones, who's a running back coach at Memphis, gave me the opportunity to be the defensive coordinator. And so that's kind of how I got into coaching college, I mean, high school ball. And I fell in love with it. And once I started coaching high school ball, I knew then that I didn't want to do anything the rest of my life but coach football, you know. So that's kind of how it, I got into coaching. I, I would say Hugh Freeze and Tom Allen, uh, two good guys, was a, a huge inspiration to me. Uh, just seeing how they touched my life and baptizing me and getting my life turned around through Christ, through Coach Allen and, and Coach Freeze. And and I just, I, I mean, that's, that's an easy way to, 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 to change a young man or, or touch his life. So that's kind of what got me into wanting to be a coach. Now, Coach, I want to know how was it for you growing up and who helped you to become the person that you are today? Yeah, man, growing up, uh, I was in a two-parent home. Obviously, my mom and my dad both were married. Uh, but my father, I mean, uh, we didn't have much coming up through when I was younger. Uh, but as we got older, my father started to, to provide and, and my father, man, he was—he's just a, a, a hardworking guy. I've never seen him, never seen him say no to anything. Never seen him too tired to get up, and go to work. And he was a always told me, if you start some, you know, it's important that you finish it. You don't have to keep doing it, but make sure you finish. And that well, and that mindset just stuck with me for throughout. I mean, even to this day, at 36 years old, and I go through my personal problems, I call my father. And he's always got the right words and the right wisdom. And he knows what to say to make the situation better. So I think my dad, Dennis Bowman, has been the biggest inspiration in my life uh, as a coach. He was my first coach as a kid. So I didn't have my coach all the way up to ninth grade. I hadn't had any other coach in basketball, football, or track but my dad. And, uh, I mean, he's just a hardworking dude. And he knew he, he had kids watching them. So he'd get up, go to work every day, come home, take us a football practice, take us a basketball practice, work two or three jobs, and he just was that kind of guy, you know. So I think he instilled that work ethic and that chip on my shoulder, never give up, keep grinding mentality. Now, Coach, a lot of people may not know the high school scene football-wise in Memphis is huge, man. You got a lot of yeah. top-notch players coming out of Memphis. Yeah. Also, man, because I and the reason I know this because a few guys I played at Alabama State with came from mm -hmm. Memphis. A uh, guy by the name of Nolan Turner, yeah, um, Michael Cole, Michael Cole, yeah, um, and uh, Amar, what was it, Amar Turner or Amar Taylor? Yeah, so but, uh, he was a running back, but yeah, Michael Cole and I went to the same high school. He went to Cordova High School as well, so I know Michael Cole really well. Um, and the football scene in Memphis, you know, it's a basketball town, that's what people say. But some really, really good talent in Memphis, uh, really good athletes. And, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, me and Coach Lachlan was, was kind of successful because we wanted to find an opportunity to get these kids in college and obviously get them prepared and ready for college. You know, being a good athlete is good, but obviously on this level, understanding the X and O's, understanding the terminology is important. So anytime I get an opportunity to go back to Memphis and do a clinic or talk football with the high school coaches, I try to do that uh, as much as I can to just get those guys ready. Because, you know, like I know running full speed and, and jumping high is good, but if you're going in the wrong direction, it, it's wrong. You know, so obviously uh, helping those guys out in terms of understanding the different terminology, understanding different schematics, 
and getting uh you know getting it from the neck up will help those guys along the way. But yeah, man, Memphis has a ton of talent, and I love recruiting Memphis. Coach, it seemed like you and Coach Huff, like the whole staff he organized, look like y'all just finna take over and make Marshall like everything it is and everything it's supposed to be, man. So how you feel about being in, in that situation? Well, first of all, Marshall history is great. And the staff before us did a tremendous job of building a foundation and bringing in good players. And uh, Coach Huff is an excellent head coach. I mean, he's 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 a natural detail oriented guy, super, super disciplined, organized. And I didn't know Coach Huff, uh, honestly. I did not know Coach Huff at all, but getting the opportunity to work with Coach Huff has been a dream come true to me. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to be with Coach Huff. And hopefully on September 4th, we put a good product on the field versus Navy and we can uh, make the Herd fans proud. I'm sure y'all will, Coach. Do, do the players get to come? Well, I know they do, but do they come into your room and just talk to you about life and stuff outside of football as well? Uh, absolutely, man. I tell my kids all the time, man, vulnerability creates trust. And what that means is this. If you're vulnerable with a person, if I bring them to my office and I tell them something that's so vulnerable to me, that's something that hurts me, that I've been through, that to somebody else it would be embarrassing to talk about or be frowned upon. And once you tell a kid that about you and he say, hey, listen, well, Coach Bowman has become vulnerable to me. I, if, he, if he trusts me as a player to tell me something in his life that's so vulnerable, obviously I would do what I can to be on time. I'm going to do everything I can to, 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 to not make a mistake. I'm going to do everything I can not to let them down. So every single day they come over to my house or they come to my office and we sit down and we talk about it. Because obviously in order for you to coach a kid hard, he has to trust you. And in order for you to be able to build that trust, you got to be vulnerable with him. And once you're vulnerable, they see you're a real person. And then on the game day and it's 37 and they make a mistake, now you can coach them hard. Now they look at you and say, hey, listen, this the same guy who we sat in the office with at three o'clock and he talked about his issues and we talked about my real problems. He loved me. So he's getting on to me, but it's just football. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how it is. And I always tell guys again, vulnerability creates trust. And that's kind of we kind of try to do it here. Now, Coach, this is my last question for you. I want to know how does it feel for you? And I like to hear this answer because a lot of people see the NFL at the, at the end goal, but I like to hear how it feels for you because to me it's a dream to be a D1 coach, you, you know, to yeah. be at that level that you're at right now and just being out there interacting with the kids and, you know, really doing this big time day in and day out job, you know, yeah. at, you know, coaching the guys and, actually game day and you got the lights yeah. camera action so how is it for you coaching at this level and living your dream mike honestly and i tell you guys all the time the wins feel the same and the losses feel the same if it's cordova high school if it's arkansas monticello if it's ut martin if it's austin p all the places i've been the kids feel the same when they win and the kids feel the same when they lost so you're not gonna tell me the GAC Conference Championship at Arkansas Monticello feels worse to lose than losing the Conference USA. So for me, when I'm on the field and I'm between the lines, I just see my kids, I see what we got to do, and I see the goal. But obviously, honestly, Mike, I never was one of those guys that say, hey, I want to coach in the NFL. 
you know, try to make as much money as I can. I never was one of those guys. Initially, when I first saw coaching high school football, I just wanted to be around the game. And honestly, I never even thought about becoming a college coach until uh, DJ Elliott, who at the time was the defensive coordinator at Kentucky. And he was recruiting one of our kids. Now he played for the Cowboys, Quinn Bohanna, uh, out of Cordova High School. And he comes through and we'll talk ball or whatever. And uh, and one day he was like, hey, man, you ever thought about getting to college? And I was like, well, no, not really. And, uh, you know, so he said, well, uh, Mitchell Pate at Arkansas Monticello, he was at Florida State with me as a GA or whatever. He got the defensive back spot open. You know, like, okay, cool. I, I go down and, and, and see what's going on. So I drove down, interviewed, got the job, and the rest is history. And so then I went to UT Martin and Austin P, and now here. So, you know, I never set out to be an NFL coach or coach in the SEC. And what I try to do, Mike, I just try to be where my feet are, you know. So I want to do a good job where I'm at. You know, my number one goal is September 4th, and trying to do the best I can to stop naming a triple option. When I was at Austin P, my job was to be the best coach I could at Austin P. When I was at Tennessee Martin, that also was the goal. Even Arkansas Monticello and Cordova High School. Because ball is ball and ball don't change. You know, power is power and quarters is quarters, no matter what level you're on. You know, so that's kind of my goal and my mindset when I when I go in day in and day out. Coach, I love everything you just said. And players, y'all got to look at the aspects that he was just breaking down. And this just for people in general. It's not all about no money, man. Doing something you love and actually putting your best effort forward and making sure everything inside of you is coming out towards whatever job you're doing. It ain't just got to be football, but making sure you're successful, hands down, either way. And I love how you were talking about it as well when you were saying about the wins and the losses, don't matter where you're at. Because at times you'll hear people say, oh, yeah, this team playing this school, or you got Alabama playing, Louisiana Monroe, they ain't going to really care about playing. Right. See, if it was me, I ain't care who we are playing. I'm trying to get my stats up, and I'm still trying to ball the same way. And I love that you brought that into play and was talking about that. So I want to – Go ahead, go ahead. I want to say one more thing, Mike, about me and Coach. I'm glad you said that, how we honestly built a deep relationship. So at Cordova High School, I was working another job at night. Also, Coach Locker working at night. So what we would do is this. We'll get out of practice. I had to be at work at 10. He had to be work at 10. All right? So we'll leave practice and we'll go to our second job. All right? So on the phone at night, talk ball and go through different blocking schemes and we go through different coverages. And so we'll work all day, get off at 7, right? At 7, uh, I would then go into the school. I was, I was ISS at the time, and he was working another job. And so from 7 to 2, we'll work another job. I'll be at ISS. And then we'll go to football practice. And so when people hear and see me and Coach Locke's Lock journey to college, it looks easy, but it was a grind in terms of time-consuming, and it was overnight, and it was just – getting up, driving to different camps, driving to Kentucky, driving to Ole Miss to talk ball with guys and just build relationships and working camps and whatever. And so obviously you get what you put in, you know. So I wanted to make sure I said that, could let these guys know, like, hey, man, whatever you want to do, you got to put in the work, 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 work. And if another guy's working hard, you got to work hard and he's working. 
you know, and so everything Coach Lockman has gotten, everything I've gotten, it's really been hard work. And, you know, you just got to try to be with like-minded people, you know. And I knew it was a person like Coach Lockman that would hold me accountable in terms of whatever I was doing on the field in terms of schematics. And also, if I needed to call a person to hold me accountable in my personal life, and that's what you need, the people with like-minded and hold you accountable. And he's my biggest fan, you know. So that's kind of how it would go. And I get DMs all the time from guys who say, hey, coach, I want to get into college, but I can't take $27,000. That's what I made my first year. And I already someone to settle twenty-seven grand. You know, well, I want to get into college, coach, but I can't GA. Everybody don't just drop in and go right to Alabama and make 600000 <laughs> you know. And so, and, and that's important to understand and know. Coach, that's what I'm talking about. Y'all see that, man? That was a great story. I love it. It felt like I was reading a book, man. And this is what I'm talking about, the game of life and the game of football. They were so determined to grow and be the best. They made the most of the moment, and they continued to grow. And that's what it's all about, fella, making sure you prosper and not close your eyes, but you keep them open because you never know when the opportunity is going to come. And I want to thank Coach again for coming on. Y'all, this is a top-notch coach at Marshall, man, for the herd. And he go by the name of Coach Dominique, last name Bowman. And he is a top-notch bowler, represent for the M-Town. And I'm telling you, if you want a great coach and a great staff to play for, I, I say at least check them out, see what they got going on. They playing in a big boy conference, and you're going to get some great coaching as well. And I'm going to leave y'all how I always leave y'all. Keep your head up and not down, or else you'll fall to the ground. This is the Life and Football Podcast. Catch you next time. Try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football. This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football. It's life in football. We are life in football.